podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Welcome, everybody. This is Joe from StartupRadio.io, your startup podcast and YouTube blog from Germany, as well as the world's first internet radio station dedicated to startups and tech companies. As always, when you wherever you're listening to this or watching this, make sure to hit the like and subscribe button and leave us a very nice comment. Today, I would like to welcome a media partner of ours, Michelle from Laptop Radio. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Hello. <laughs> so great to have you as a guest here because I was also a guest on your show uh, some month ago. But this time we are talking about a specific topics within our series, Entrepreneur Tools. And we are talking about corporate culture. And you are a specialist there. But first, can you tell us a little bit about what you did before you actually started to be a startup person, an entrepreneur, an NFT artist, a radio show host, and a podcaster? <laughs> Hi, my name is Michelle. I am a host at Laptop Radio on Bleeding Edge Tech and Creativity. Before my dive into entrepreneurship, I was actually a lawyer at PayPal for six years. And before that, I was at a triple play company and Cisco, eBay, Samsung, and Apple. Um, in that order. And in college, I was working as a web developer and a technical writer designer for a database management company. So you can code? Yes. And you can do law? Yes. Hmm, that's that's a very rare combination. I do understand why startups like you. Um, but not only that, but you're also the co-founder a mentor of several ventures. That's actually what we're talking today. She's already nodding for everybody on the audio podcast. <laughs> and we want to talk a little bit about culture here, especially how you can start a company culture and how you can sustain it. Because um, as I've been always talking to a lot of people on different episodes of Startup Radio, as well as on the entrepreneur tools, it's mm -hmm. not you do just click, press a button, and you have a company culture. It's yeah. actually created with everything you do. But maybe you can talk us a little bit through here. Yeah, so I think I think when you're thinking about culture, I would recommend that before you even start the, the company, you know, to really look at yourself, you know, because you're going to become a founder. And the company that you found, you're going to have an impact on. And I think you as a founder will impact culture, which well then becomes the brand, right? Um, I think Tony Shea, uh, founder of Zappos, basically said that your culture is your brand, which is really true. And who is that culture? It, it's really usually the founder. And so, you know, um, so what are you building, right? So I would basically think about your mission and your vision. And then also what are some of the values that you care about that is an extension of, you know, the company that you wanted to build and really define that and make sure that the branding and the company and every aspect of the company uh, correlates to those values. And they, and then they don't, you know, they don't just embrace it in words, but also in actions as well. 
Mm-hmm. I, I remember that basically you cannot just uh, cut headcount on a permanent basis and then yeah. write in the culture, oh, our employees are our most important asset. It just doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. You have to be stringent with what you're doing. Um, do you have any recommendations, any tests where to start? Because uh, for most people, it's, oh, look at yourself. Yeah, I'm a guy, I'm average, oh, a little bit this, a little bit that. How can you make a culture out of that? Are there assessments? Are there tests? Should you talk to your friends? How do you initially start this creation process? Yeah, sure. So, you know, I, I think when I say self-assessment is more of, you know, what is your strength and weaknesses, right? Um, and how, how do you act and how do you relate to other people? Building a successful startup is not about just a founder. It, it takes an entire village, right? Um, that helps you build that startup so that it becomes successful. So when, for example, you know, um, after I left PayPal, you know, I, I spent about a year just basically working on myself, you know, like how, you, you know, what are some of my weaknesses? What are some of my strengths? I would, you know, you write it down and, you know, kind of like really think about here's my growth areas. Here's what I'm really good at, because essentially you would later on wanted to hire people that have better skill sets than you. Right. So doing setups for a long time. I meet a lot of founders. Um, I've met founders who have lied. And, and when you're a founder and you lie and you cheat, that becomes your brand. You know, that's your company, right? So you want to make sure that you're honest, um, you know, and, and I think some books that you wanted to read are, you know, um, Brene Brown. She talks a lot about different attributes, Um, and then the four agreements also, you know, to make sure that your word is consistent with your action. Um, and, and there are like tons of self-improvement books. I would not like spend three years or even two years on it because then you would never, you know, find a startup, you know, I would basically make sure that you sit down though and, and say, Hey, I'm really good with coding. Um, I'm really bad with, you know, Dash language or JavaScript, you know, I'm really good with, you know, the front end, but I'm terrible with the back end. And here, you know, I'm, I'm not a good salesperson. Um, I might be a little, you know, better at marketing. Um, here I am, I'm gonna, you know, look for other people to help me. And then, you know, what I also did was I wrote down what I want the companies to feel like and to be like, right? So I want people to be collaboration to be collaborative. Um, I went through a lot of training on at PayPal. You know, like we could choose different classes that we want as an employee. Um, and I'm really self-sufficient most of the time. So, you know, I took a lot of public speaking classes because I've been doing uh, Toastmaster and, and other public speaking for a long time and I don't really need to be told. So, and it really escalated where after PayPal, I, you know, when there's no public speaking classes, I would, would just kind of take it for fun. I, w- I went to um, improv comedy um, just so that I would basically speak and, and think, you know, um, 
on their feet, right? Because that's what you want to do. Um, and, you know, so do you want your company to be collaborative? Do you want people to make mistakes, right? So I think a lot of it is really a lot of improv values. I know that I really like because when people do an improv, when people make a mistake, they kind of go into a circle, they make a sound, that's it. And they kind of start over and they make things better. And there's always that and, you know, like something and something and something and something, you know, no is never really something um, that they kind of embraced. So I, you know, kind of like the collaboration. I kind of like the, the and I, I kind of like integrity. So I would write that down. You know, you don't want any employees to lie to you. Um, I, I don't like people who gossip. So, you know, you would, or who are grateful because then people would kind of complain. And when people complain, you basically kill your company because you don't want people to really gossip about your startup. Creating a startup is really, really hard. And you want as many people who support you as much as possible. Um, but, but, you know, in an honest way, because you don't want people to say yes all the time or else you'll never grow. So you have to embrace feedback as well, right? So those are some of my traits. And looking at those traits, I would then, you know, develop a value list of a few values that I love. And then I would find people based on that value. And what is really cool is that once you have your value, you also have an identity, right? You basically wanted to put down what your company should be your startup should be known for so apple has cool products right so for example cool might be one of your identity lists i call it identity list i don't know what other people call it you know so like that is your your corporate startup identity you know we make cool you know products and all your marketing and everything that you create will be would be related to that, right? So there's a correlation between culture and branding and you want it to be consistent. I actually had in mind when you talked about what your core values, you always have to see that they're working with the startup for example uh what came to mind because i just watched it on a weekend charlie Chin and two and a half men for him his personal branding just worked for two and a half men but if you really want to get investors and employees on board the employees maybe trusting you with helping to paying off the mortgage or something like that yeah that would not have necessarily worked also i had to smile when you talked about the four agreements because i really Really, really love this audiobook. I do believe it was one of the very first I ever heard. And this speaker, yes, this very deep and soothing voice. And it actually is very relaxing if you listen to it. I, I really like it. And it's actually also not that long. Um, so, step one we make as an entrepreneur or maybe even as the founding team you do self-assessment. Then you look where you need to improve and you put down the values that you like. You take into account the feedback and um, how do you actually develop it and work on it? Do you have your core values just on the wall, just behind your desk and always make sure to look at them? Yeah, so in a startup, you're a small company, so you don't want to print, you know, you can have it on the badges for every employee, but, you know, you don't have employees yet. I would basically have it in a document 
And, you know, because I mean, this is really specifically what I did. Um, so I would have a, a list, a, a Google Doc, and say, hey, these are our values. And I would, you know, summarize it and then explain it, you know, one by one. And then when we have, you know, when we have um, collaborators, they would basically be trained on these values. So I was, you're working with someone who is making your logo. What do you send them, right? You send them your values. You say, hey, these are my, these are our values. This is the logo we want to make. And we want to make sure that the logo basically is in line with our values, you know, so that they talk to each other. Mm-hmm. So that's really important. And then when you're, you know, looking for co-founders or people who wanted to contribute to your company, you would basically send them the, the values. And all the team meetings that you have from then, or all the communications are really based on those values. Um, that's more of a proper way to do it. It's just to really, you know, to, to be a value-based um, company. Um, do you have a list of, or do you have any experiences with values that are very good and easy to follow up? And some of them, everybody would like to have, and basically they never get there or they're very hard to achieve. Have you any experience there? Um, no, I think, I think most of the startups that, I mean, most of the cultural values that I reviewed are pretty good. You know, there are a few founders I work with that have their values and I've looked at their values and, and they're pretty good. Um, I think normally, usually they have values or they don't have values. Um, I mean, I think sometimes it becomes a red flag when, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about the, the ones who have no values could be the ones who are, you know, talking about their schools a lot or they're non-existent, like they're they're not really communicative of it. And you'll see that sometimes they would rehire people that may not re that align with their values or just normal basic values. You know, for example, someone is not delivering. Um, they don't have a values list, but they get rehired because they don't have that value list. Um, so from my experiences, I've seen startups with no values um, because they have no values. Um, they, their culture is, it could be anything. And then startups with values and, and those are more consistent. Can you also give us an idea of how your values could tie in your strategy because one builds on another and disclaimer before an excel sheet is neither proof that you have company values nor is an excel sheet with a few accounts and a few numbers on it a valid strategy both just don't work yeah i think think values is really something that you have to execute it's not something that you know it's not just there to look pretty you know and say that you have it you really have to honor it right those are your code of conduct You, you know you have to basically practice it and sometimes it's really hard right um so i think i have you know personally in one of my um culture value is communication and you know i was in a situation where i had to you know where i was talking to someone and they said that before you let them go they wanted to be you know to they wanted to be 
let known, you know, what happened. And, you know, like, and, and I had to basically, you know, I did that, right? You have to do it. Um, you have to meet with the, the you know, the person and, and you have to basically kind of tell them without being reasonable because you don't, you know, like in a lot of big companies, a lot of people are, you know, terminated and, and they without any reason and, and whatnot. In startups, it's a little bit different because, you know, you, you're, there's really not a lot of people in the startup and it's more, it's more informal, right? So, I mean, in terms of, you know, everyone is just basically working. So you basically have to base, or you want to base your culture on those values. And so you want it to be, you kind of want to keep your word, right? So if someone says, you know, you know, before, you know, I were to let go, I kind of want to know why, because in the past, you know, I was just let go, I wasn't told the reasons. And so, you know, it's a little bit different. And sometimes if you have like, communication or some kind of, you know, good, more reasonable founder vibes in it, you know, you should definitely keep your word and make sure that, you don't become super rude and unfriendly. I've also met a, a, a number of really, you know, almost psychopath <laughs> founders. And I, and I think because this is on culture that it could be said. And with those, you know, because they lie and they cheat, you know, that becomes their culture. And they have, usually I think most of them have no value um, they have no value. I don't think they even care about it because obviously, um, because they're basically lying from, from day one. So I think it's just really something to, to have as a guideline because you might want to collaborate with other partners with the same value. For example, you know, if your value is more like white hat, um, you know, you wanted to work and do business with other people with integrity because internally you you want your people on your team to have integrity. Then if you meet a partner and, you know, they they wanted to sponsor you or they wanted to buy your product, but you know that they're fraudulent, you know, so the, the question is, will you do business with them? And sometimes your value should drive that. You know, and, and different people basically respond different ways. But I think that's just an example of what and how your culture basically intersects uh, with partnerships and strategy. Personally, uh, uh, I think you made also a very valid point because your company culture is not only inside it's also outside with whom yeah. you're doing business from whom you're taking money plus i would like to add that the most important times when the company culture is important is when the entrepreneur and or the company are under real stress and mm -hmm. that's usually the make or break decision for corporate culture because if you then just go over your culture and completely ignore everything you're gonna partly damage everything you have built up 
so far in culture. For example, if you really need to get the, the next funding round, if you really need to get this client, you cannot just completely throw your culture, your values out of the window. Just, just doesn't work. But that's a point where I see it most frequently that this actually happened. Is this also your experience? Yes, I think the startup world or ecosystem is really small, right? So you want it to be as honest as possible. I think as a human, we all make mistakes, right? So, you know, sometimes I'll say I'll do something, but sometimes it will take months. You know, it's not like I'm not going to do it, but it's just because, you know, I just have like a lot of to-do things on the list. And, you know, and sometimes people could ask you to do things that you didn't promise because they might have questions uh, for you, right? So, I, I mean, I don't really expect everyone to be perfect. However, I think if you lie, right, and treat people un unreasonably, you know, that is really different, right? So I have, you know, co-founders who reach out to me and say that, you know, their other co-founders basically you know, basically, you know, just did a bunch of really bad things to them. And the word kind of gets out there. So it's, it's really you who want to be act reasonably because, you know, it, it's also tied to your reputation and your reputation really impacts your, your company. Mm -hmm very important points um i would have to also very important points so um do you have some great examples for company culture that maybe uh, one or another uh, entrepreneur or want to be entrepreneur who's just thinking about founding his or her company um where they can take examples blueprints or things other people thought a lot about where can you find some of those examples do, uh, do you have one or two examples where people just can take inspiration from yeah so i came from uh i came from ebay and and paypal and i think one of the one of the something from ebay that i really learned is human is basically good And when you really look about that line, it, it seems really simple, you know, because of course there's a lot of fraud in the human. But you really think about the internet and how it has changed. You know, a couple of years ago, you know, people were really freaked out from sharing and buying things from other people that they don't know, right? Because when you buy something, you go to a shop, you don't go to eBay. Um, however, it's changed the, the way that we purchase things, right? Because then we can now go to a platform and we can buy things from strangers. And when you really think about that line, you really think about how that, how the internet has further changed that, right? Because with, with, um, with Uber, you basically share ride and you, you know, get a ride from strangers. Airbnb, you basically rent homes and share homes with people that you don't know so i think that line you know it's a great one because it's really kind of changed the way that we do business and in a way it is true that humans are basically 
good, you know, and, and, and that's that side of it that you kind of wanted to trust, right? Um, one from PayPal I really love is practice judgment, right? You know, like we make decisions every day, but sometimes we need to make a judgment. Sometimes, you know, we may be wrong, right? Because, you know, when, when you're doing startups and when you meet with so many founders, most of them are going to be good. Most of them are going to be bad. Um, some of your decisions are going to be good, but you don't want to be stuck in like decision paralysis where you really can't make up your mind because you need to march forward. So, you know, constantly you want to change, you want to be agile. And if something, it's like a big experiment. So you make a decision, your hypothesis might be proven wrong after a few experiments, then you have to make another judgment. And then, you know, if evidence shows that it's wrong, then you make another judgment, right? So I think one example is defining your target audience. Um, uh, I'm just saying that because I was on Clubhouse earlier with one of my friends and there's some FOMO going on because our world is opening up. So what happened to all these online groups and my friend plays music on Clubhouse and, it's, it's, you know, I, I would, I go there and listen to it, you know, to chill like every night, you know, doing downtime. And so I said, you know, your target audience is going to be different from people who actually go out, you know, at a certain location here on the internet, I could be anywhere and I can listen to you, you know? So, and that is basically a decision, right? To continue or not to continue, you know, because you see some live musicians playing music live somewhere and you wish that you would be live. And sometimes you don't appreciate the online forums where anyone can join anywhere in the world, and so, you know, and, and I, I think there's a market for that. I think there's a different target audience for that, you know, and, and you have to constantly adjust and make decisions and find those people, right? So hopefully that helps. And another culture that I really, really love and, and was really influenced by is uh, Tony Shea, the founder of Yapples. I think he's, I think he got culture really, really well. So he wrote something called Your Culture is Your Brand. And he basically gave examples of some of um, his 10 core value. Uh, one is deliver while through service member that Zapples is based on customer service. And he trained his staff on what it means to for customer service. His everyone basically has to go through a one month, a four weeks training and they take customer calls. Um, in at PayPal, when we had uh, customer service at Omaha, you know, I think some of us have taken customer service calls there just to learn customer service, to see, you know, what are some of the needs from, from the people. Um, you want to embrace and drive change. Uh, that is another Zappos one. Create fun and, uh, and a little awareness. So you want people to be themselves and have fun in the workplace. Uh, be adventurous, creative, and open-minded. Uh, five, pursue growth and learning. Um, six, build open and honest relationships with communication. Communication is always very important. Again, you know, what is the result of really bad culture? People will leave, right? You're going to have a high turnover rate. And then you can't retain your team. They will leave because they don't want to work with you anymore. Um, that's like the number one reason people leave. 
And then seven, build a positive team and family spirit. Eight is do more with less. Nine is be passionate and determined. And 10 is be humble. So humility is always one of the ones that I really love um, because, you know, as a, as a founder and as an advisor, you know, you meet so many founders. Do you want to work with founders who are really arrogant or do you want to work with founders who are humble? You know, founders are arrogant, who yell at people for no reason, who lash out on people, you know, who have a bad day and then project that to everyone. <laughs> They're team will not last. People will leave, right? Um, I work on, I, I've worked with founders who are really wealthy, like they're millionaires, you know, but they may not pay their their staff, which is really weird, even if they have raised money. Um, so what happens, you have a high turnover because you're not taking care of your staff. So that's another, even though you have the resources, that's even worse. <laughs> so those are some examples of values um, that Zappel had, you know, and you can find that um, there's an article by him called Your Culture is Your Brand. And I think he's one of the individuals that really care about culture. Um, so you might might wanted to read his book, The Pursuit of Happiness, and um, read his article, Your Culture is Your Brand. Great hints, great hints. I have to admit, maybe some people heard me typing because I just want to make sure we have everything in the show notes. Um, what, I, what also came to my mind when you talked about famous examples is Google, don't do evil. And as we talked about, the culture would need to match. So uh, I remember, I think it was Facebook. They had uh, move fast and break things as part of the culture but if you're doing a regulated fintech that may not be the way to go forward yeah part of culture is also knowing what your your mission and vision is as well right um the google's culture don't do evil it's been gone you know um i think they took it out because i don't think they they've done um things <laughs> that might not align with that value um, so if you actually look around, there might be someone who wrote about that. So I, I think it's also important that you kind of define, because culture is just not the core value. You can't say, oh, I have the core value and therefore we have culture. So it's not that way, right? It just, it's just comprised on a number of things. You have your values, you have your mission and you have your vision. You know, you start, you know, when you're hiring people, you know, that that criteria for the hiring process is, you know, you wanted to look for people who have these values, um, not just the talent. And you can be desperate, you know, especially when you're just starting, you know, you're looking for someone who can code Ruby on Rails, for example. And, you know, the, fir the, the first thing that you saw is like, oh my gosh, you know, you know, that person is talented, it could help me code. But you forgot to actually interview and look for, you know, the values, um, which is really bad because I think I think there was one time when I was looking for someone with Scala, you know, and, and that person have like Scala experience and that's really hard to find. However, I kind of learned that he left the company or he had granted shares with the company because it was not vested. The founders invest the shares. And I didn't want to, you know, engage with him just because of that, because 
you know, if you can walk away with someone's entire stock and work with me, you can also walk away with my stock and work with someone else, you know? Um, so it's, you, you really have to really think about, you know, some of the values that individuals have and, and, and whether that, that align with your core values and, and align with the vision and the goal of the company as well. So you have to be really mindful or you want to be really mindful of that so that the vision and the vision, uh, the mission and the vision and the intention of the company is aligned, um, that they're aligned with the, the values in your culture. And they're also aligned with, you know, the brand, you know, how people see you as a company. So I think, I think those are really um, important. So uh, we had now a lot of very big intimidating names in terms of culture. We had uh, uh, some very good examples and we now know um, you have to start right from the beginning with the values of the entrepreneur and take it from there. And especially the determining times of your company culture is when you and or your company are under stress. Um, I was wondering if you would have a few useful tools, either by name or by link, people could use to, to really get started working on their company culture, on their own values, um, something like this, where people just can start their homework. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I, I literally just use Microsoft Word and, you know, just title it values and just write down the values that I care about. That's how I started it. Um, I didn't look for any kind of any other tools that you need. I think, you know, sometimes as startup founder, we overcomplicate ourselves, right? But I think this one is, you know, pretty simple is get a piece of paper you know, write down the characteristics of the company that you wanted to create and what the values are based on. Um, oh, actually, there's a book called um, Value-Based um, Company that I was actually given a couple years ago from the MIT Stanford Venture Lab event where we have a spoke uh, where, where we have a speaker. But I think I've done my culture even before that. Um, and I can share that the name of the book um, so that we can share it out. I actually have it in my bookshelf. I see it now. So um, I have that book, um, but when I first started it, I didn't even need anything. I basically go to, I use Microsoft Word or Google Sheets, um, Google Document, and I just wrote down my values and then my brand mission. Um, that's going to be on the website, um, the, the vision and the, and the brand of the company. So you'll probably need that. And then I also determine the color and look and feel of the, of the company, as you guys know. And then uh, when I'm looking for team members, I want to make sure that they align with the values. And then uh, you want to make sure that you recognize and reward your staff based on those values as well, right? And um, and culture always needs to be re-evaluated. It, it could change and it can grow and it could bounce back. So it's something that you don't just do it once. You know, you wanted to re-evaluate that. And, and um, I think I've been, been at also big companies where the culture changes. 
Um, the worst thing I think is is where you have, especially for startups, is when you hire people there, they just wanted to get your paycheck and they wanted to go. You don't want that kind of employee because you know your startup, it's really difficult for your startups to grow if you want someone that's just basically count hours and they just want your paycheck. You want someone who actually is passionate, um, who believe in your company. And then when you're hired, hiring people, you wanted to really look for that passion, that that motive, that determination. I think that those are the most important, whatever the skill set is, because people could basically learn the skills. But it's the drivers of that. It's really hard. Um, and you want people with that kind of drive, that kind of determination. I think, you know, um, when I think I had a, you know, there was an intern once that, you know, that we had and, and she was working on something, but I saw that she did it like 300 something times. Um, that is determination. And she, she did it really well because she had, she had those drives. So those are some of the stuff that, you know, I would, I would um, kind of think about. Um, I don't think that you need major sophisticated tools to do this. You know, I think you just really need to, you know, be humble about it. Um, be humble about yourself. I think a lot of founders, we have a lot of pride. Um, and then just kind of think about, you know, some of the things that you care about, write it down. Um, and then once, if you have co-founders, share it, talk it through, go through every single point. And then make sure that your brands, your logo and everything basically circles those values. And do you need to update it to keep up the valleys and keep up the company that was also something uh we talked about it it's like not once you write them down and that's it and you never look at them yeah. again but basically you sh you should have like a like a interaction with them uh look through are they still valid is is it still uh, uh the right values for us did we develop in a different direction plus what I also found important, the, the point you made was that um, you have to reward people also based on value. So not only if they hit their sales target, if they hit the deadline, but also if they did it within the frame you set for the company. Yeah, you know, like, I'm not a parent, but I think a lot of people are. So maybe it's relatable. You know, like if you're in a relationship or if you have kids, you kind of understand that, you know, when you're in a village, you, you basically wanted to recognize people for doing well and you wanted to reward them and always give feedback and, and criticism privately, you know, because you don't want to embarrass everyone. Right. You want to make sure that. And, and sometimes as a founder, you have to, you know, like and, and it's hard that you have to accept responsibility. Everything is kind of like your fault. Um, as a founder, like the decisions that, you know, like just as much as you practice judgment, sometimes your judgment is not right. And you have to be humble about that. So you want to be humble. So you wanted to accept responsibility for it. Um, you know, I think there's a book called Leaders Eat Last or something. So, you, you know, it's, it, it might be a little bit difficult to do. You know, and because like startups, you never know what will happen. The lines are not straight up. You know, sometimes it goes up, sometimes it goes down, and then goes up the next day, and sometimes they go into circles, right? You have a bunch of people who believe in you, 
who wanted to work with you and join your team, you know, so, and so you got to be really wary about you and, and making sure that you don't lash on them when something goes wrong, you know, and they, they get mad and they quit because they can't, you know, <laughs> so it's, it's just really a, a lot of balancing of a bunch of things that determine culture. You know, it's not just the value, it's your action, it's how you treat people. It's your brand, you know, it's your vision and mission, your goals and how you hire people. And that is your culture. That's what, you know, is known for. But you can be conscious of it, right? You can you can tell your your staff about it, um, do training. You can You can make decisions based on that. And make sure that you know you have those core values. And then once you become a, a public company, you know you you will have code of business conduct and other things that your public company will be based on. So I, I think that is going to be really important and to make sure that you develop your set of values and culture and branding, you know, and understand how they interrelate and interact with each other. You actually gave me a very deep insight into culture, as you uh, put it on on a similar level to parenting, because um, your kids they may be very young and they may not understand everything. They just imitate you. So basically, you cannot tell them no, that is wrong, and do it. You have to live it. You have to be an example, as well as you have to be an example for the culture, right? Yeah. Yeah. You have, you definitely have to be, you want to be an example so that people can look at you and they would do the same, you know? Um, and especially now, right. We have a cancel culture where, you know, whatever people don't like, they would cancel it, you know? And then a lot of the, a lot of people basically, there's also like a lot of um, ghosting as well for, for staff who may be, you know, who might kind of live in a culture where, you know, they unfriend people, you know, when something happens. And so you might have, you know, staff who, who love ghosting, you know, like if, if they don't do well, you know, they might, you might, they might kind of disappear. Um, so, the, but when you're hiring, you wanted to ask questions um, so that you don't have that kind of culture that, People are honest and and open. So the way that they they confront other people, the way that they resolve items and disputes, um, those are going to be really important. Because you know when when something happened in the company, you don't want you know people to point fingers, and you don't want people to leave and and just ghost you. <laughs> you know. Because then you won't know what's going on, especially if you delegate a lot of responses to people. You want everyone to participate. Exactly. Well, I think they're amazing closing words. Everybody who'd like to learn more, go down here in the show notes. We'll have a few links, a few examples. And that's not your company culture. It's not copy and paste. It's the point where you start thinking about it. If you haven't had a culture yet and you're a startup, you know, just get a team together and use Google document and write down a bunch of 
values, have people vote on it, have people discuss each point of value, and then finalize them. It's really not that difficult, you know? And then when you're doing your branding, your social media, everything will be really based on those value, you know? And, and the use of color and how, how they express those cultural values, those are gonna be really important, right? For example, you know, if one of your culture is integrity, you know, one of your color might be blue because blue is a color of trust, right? But if one of your value is creativity, one of your color might be orange because orange basically invites creativity. So, you know, there, there's a lot of correlation between culture and branding and, and culture and marketing and culture and hiring, you know? So th that is really your core fundamental of having and building a company. Amazing closing words. Thank you very much for being a guest. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Totally my pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you are a professional looking at the European startup scene, Germany is a place you cannot miss. Fortunately for you, there is StartupRad.io, the authority on German startups. This English-only podcast brings you fresh interviews each week. Most likely, you have never heard or read anything on these startups before in English, but you will in the future. Be ahead of the curve and subscribe to StartupRad.io podcast or check for the StartupRad.io internet radio station. Check your Alexa for the StartupRad.io skill as well.